people, the organization, the logistics, all those things. Acknowledge the resonances of those. Okay, finished, enough. Put that aside. And uh, keep practicing that, putting things aside. And keep establishing the sense of what is it that's here. Um, and take the word here and consider that. Get a feeling for that. Here is uh, a, a bodily location. It's not a particular place in your body. It's the presence, the felt presence of your body is the thing, the quality that is a guide to what's always here. See, we have various sensations that come and go and qualities such as fatigue, tiredness, restlessness, energies. And we can liken these experiences to the weather that travels across our planet. And yet the weather is always changing. Something remains here. What is that for you? Does that mean anything? It seems a little remote. Try just focusing on the sense of your body sitting on the ground. Establish yourself very fully. The sensations, the pressure of your body sitting on the chair, on the floor, on the cushion. That simple, thoughtless sensation. And imagine the planet itself is holding you, rather like uh, the palm of the hand, the hand of the planet, and you're sitting in that. The earth is very comfortable to have you sitting on it. Let yourself really rest. Through the base of your body. Widen the base of your body if you're sitting to include your legs, your thighs. This entire area from the base of the spine, the underneath the thighs, as much as that part of your body that's present on the ground, on the floor, on the chair. Take a long out breath. Take an out breath using your belly, your abdomen, rather than your chest. Feel you relax, soften and gently squeeze the air out of your body using your just your abdomen. Keep your chest relaxed, your shoulders relaxed, your nose relaxed. Just use your belly to slowly, steadily breathe out. into this base area of the body.
It's barely an effort, but it's just a, an inclination or interest in can I breathe out very, very fully till there's nothing left. And when there's breath has finished, just wait until the in-breath happens by itself. So with the in-breath, make absolutely no effort or inclination to breathe in. Just let it happen by itself. What we should focus on is just the inclination, intention, the action of the body, breathing out. And let the in-breath come by itself. This will tend to encourage your energy to um, move down from your face and your hands and your head to the base of your body. You may feel slightly lightheaded or dizzy. Mm. Collect yourself at the end of the out-breath feeling your spine, the base of your spine, and as if you're just slightly pushing into the ground with your tail, enough to feel the strength in your lower back. Push just enough to feel you can sense that affecting your spine sense of strength from the tail up to the waist sitting strong You may keep your eyes open or closed. It's not that important. As long as um, if your eyes are closed, be aware of the tendency to be sleepy. So you might benefit from having the eyes slightly open. your tail your lower spine feeling the the strength of that and sense what's above 
the base of your body a sense of something sitting upright held supported by the base Changing one's uh, <coughs> one's body, because here normally we have the arms and the shoulders and the head, a lot of energy and action. Now you're encouraging the base of your body and the spine to have the energy and to relax the chest face, the shoulders. So we might come, arrive at a particular position or a sensed position, which is rather different from the normal one. Whereas normally we might feel ourselves to be a, mostly a head and chest moving forward with the legs underneath it. So it's very much the top is the important, the leader. And now we're changing that into the base. And everything above, as you go up, the body becomes lighter. So the head is very light, just balancing on the spine. Shoulders, chest if you have like a pile of plates or objects strong foundation everything else is just resting above that breathing in, breathing out
So holding that position, the position builds up over time. It's not just an external position, it's an energy shift of one's inner body, one's bodily energy into a different pattern. Takes time, and uh, just hold, hold it as steadily as you can without getting tense about it, and contemplate breathing. So the in-breath, involuntary, happens by itself, and just encourage it to rise through your chest into the top of your chest, your collar, your throat, up into your head, and breathing out when it's completed. Something one inclines towards. It's not really so much an effort as a mental determination. Let me breathe out fully, completely. There's nothing left. And then pause, open, and receive in breath. Okay, and then just slowly open your senses to being in this room. As if you're looking out from this inner space. Not so much looking at anything, but just opening the windows of your eyes. Opening the ears. Opening the mind. Notice what arises.
Mm. So the heart of meditation is this factor of awareness of what arises, passes, moves, affects us, feels, is heard, an awareness of that, that sense of that open awareness. Mm. Okay, so we have uh, this period of time to take refuge in that, to use that as our basis, to return to that because strong inclination in our lives is very much to move into the uh, thought, the sight, the sound, the feeling, the sensation, the memory, the impression, the plan, the doubt, all the formed phenomena. And there's also this unformed. So you just find rebalancing. Naturally, there's still the form, the sights, the sounds, the touches, the thoughts, and so forth. How do we find this quality of awake repose, awake restfulness? Well, that's there, and it's not, we're not blind to it, we're also not hooked on it. And you can respond as is appropriate, but you're not pulled in, you're not pushed back, you're not thrown around. It's a marvellous possibility then to consciously engage calmly, clearly with what seems important Mm. and to find out what is important, to have this chance to revise what we feel is important. Something that's not important at all. <laughs> you know, it's just um, time, place. You know, it's not really that important. What is important, perhaps, is a question that uh, you can ask yourself every day perhaps find a different answer. The most important thing is to know what's the most important thing. <laughs> and it changes. <laughs> but for this evening, perhaps the most important thing is uh, to enter silence as uh, not an ultimate truth, but definitely a very helpful means of shifting, shifting our balance, shifting our our place into one quality of awareness is it is silent, it doesn't say anything. And most of the time we say quite a lot, either through our mouths or just even in our heads. That's the most important thing for now is to Hear the silence, not as uh, something boring or terrible, but something very open, rather wonderful, quite uh, delicious. It's uh, it's refreshes the mind. The mind is not so disturbed. Mm. And so in our retreat time, it's one of those <coughs> features of it, is we very much encourage everybody to um, use silence, not just to be antisocial, but to really treasure and make use of silence and to respect it, and particularly respect other people's silence. This again is a shift because normally when we see each other, we want to say hello, how are you doing, what's happening for you, you don't look very happy, can I do something, can I help you, 
and uh, it's this kind of interest and can that interest just be translated into goodwill heart rather than speech and as we've all um, come here with this sense of yeah we want to do this then mm, trust other people if they don't look so good maybe that's fine they, they, that's what they want to work with you know? mm. so use the science and use it also to calm one's agitation the silence is certainly helpful to, to maintain this atmosphere in the in the centre, but also to use it in our thoughts. Thought arises, and we want to change it, stop it, have another one, see see where it goes to, add another thought to it, and come to a conclusion. Could it be that as a thought comes running up, you, know, you listen and you hear the silence, and you let the thought rise, dive, and fade. So that you can then investigate the emotion that threw that up. is very important because uh, we often don't really notice this emotional current underneath the thought and that is important so the most important thing next most important thing is to Remember goodwill, kindness, love, acceptance, non-aversion, non-complaining about oneself, non-regret, non-blame, kindness and compassion instead. So please make a uh, use of silence, protect it, um, and it helps certainly in retreats to switch off your mobile phones or at least disconnect them from communication if you need it to, as an alarm clock or something by all means, but try to avoid it using it as a means of, you know, connections. <coughs> and uh, also use um, if you read things like if you read the chanting or read book or something I don't recommend a lot of it but also use the silence there so you have a thought don't run to the next one. Let that thought sit in silence and change by itself. So make good use of silence and space. When we're operating together, there's also, if you like, physical silence, which means there isn't the agitation pressure. We're quite quiet with each other. You're soft in your body. You kind of uh, soften so that you, the way you, you're seen, the impression you make on other people is, is quite quiet. You sort of we are like learning to be very quiet in our, in our both the sound of our movements, but also even the softness of our movements. Gracious, gentle. And it means the energy 
becomes quieter and in that quietness of energy you begin to discern witness subtle flows of mood and emotion are really quite important Mm. Mm. movements of sadness, happiness anxiety comfort Mm. these are happening all the time flexing Mm. so the silence helps to give our awareness a much more um, detailed impression of the kind of qualities that are present in our minds that affect us. Because we recognize that a lot of the time we just find we are reacting. We don't know why. We suddenly feel ourselves caught in a mood. Where did that come from? If you really learn to quieten your energies, you can sense where it comes from. And you can also resolve those bases. And this is what we will be encouraging in terms of the retreat. So I'd like to ask Ajahn Mitta if you would be so kind as to um, offer the eight precepts and give some guidance on that. After after your words, Hachan, I feel almost like silence has started already. At least that's how I feel internally, like lots of space and quiet, calm. So thank you very much. That's lovely. Um, as we are having a monastic retreat here, um, what we do or what we encourage, what we expect from the retreatants is to keep the eight precepts. And I'm not sure how many of you are used to that, have done that many times, or how it is usually held here in the center because that's my first visit. Um, what I find really important and when I when I'm leading retreats what what I do encourage is to see these precepts as guidelines, as a direction or as a frame that we are living in for this next period of time. And I really want to encourage you too to take them like that, to, to see them like that. It's not something that you should do or shouldn't do, but take it as something that is actually supporting you in your practice, that is giving a direction, that is opening a space where it's like a space of agreement where we all move together in. Yeah. And um, usually what I do encourage is to see the eight precepts in a rather than in a, in a, a sense of don't do this and don't do that and um, to see them with the positive aspect that they carry. And like when we, for example, when we look at the first precept that says like refrain from destroying living creatures, we can see it as an encouragement to practice harmlessness. Harmlessness towards ourselves and towards others. And I really want to encourage you also during the retreat to maybe reflect around that. What does that actually mean? And um, to also notice when 
when there are moments where the awareness is not strong enough and maybe we act slightly carelessly towards other beings, towards ourselves maybe also. And the second precept is uh, not to take that what is not given. And we can see that as being trust, like uh, practicing trustworthiness. Yeah. So when we are living together here in this space, we are everything is open and we do respect the space of the others. Yeah. And also maybe our own space. We we refrain from indulging into like say getting lost in in food and in things like that. So we are we are really practicing in a way that we are aware of how much we are taking for ourselves. That can be in terms of space, that can be in terms of food, that can be in terms also like what Yajan mentioned of how do we um, live around others and with others. Yeah? So trustworthiness is, is uh, a framework that, hel- that is very important for creating harmony harmony in the group, harmony with ourselves. Then the next one is to um, the um, Abramacharya precept that is around being really restrained in regards to how we uh, handle our emotional preferences, you could say, like sexual preferences. And when we see that in the when we take that from the from the positive aspect we are actually um, practicing refrain that does not mean that we don't have or that we can't feel anything that we can't experience anything but uh, sorry but we we hold it in in a sense of Oh, actually, I have the freedom not to go into this. Yeah. So, so we really take the space to look at what we maybe habitually would do, or in a way of we <coughs> like say we are feeling attraction. We we want to. We say maybe the, we see maybe the impulse of wanting to follow that. Here in the retreat, we have the opportunity not to do that. If you feel like it happens that you feel very strongly attracted to some person on the retreat, wait after the retreat until you do anything. (laughs) Like you can walk off into the sunset afterwards, (laughs) but not while you are here. I think that's that's pretty clear. (laughs) Then the next one is to practice um, correct speech, to refrain from from lying. So seeing that positively is we are actually practicing honesty. During the retreat, you won't have much time, hopefully much time to talk, but a lot of the dialogues are actually going on here. And how honest are they? It's a possibility to look at that. Yeah? So practicing honesty with ourselves. And of course, if there is an interaction that needs to happen, then honesty is the base of where we are coming from with each other and with ourselves. Then the next precept is the I don't really need to say, say much about this. Is about intoxicating drinks and drugs. You won't have access to alcohol here. And in terms of drugs, if you have to take medication, we really want to encourage you 
continue with that where, if and when you need that. Yeah? Don't think you come here and you don't need any medication anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that because I have had the experience of that. So where the encouragement is continue, but don't start getting into into anything that is interfering with the clarity of mind, except you have to take medication. Follow up on that. The next one is the precept for not eating at the wrong times. <laughs> and that is actually, um, it's, that's an encouragement for practicing uh, restraint, practicing like it's a, it's a sense of understanding what do I really need and what do I not me, need. And the food, like we will have, everybody will have enough food here. And I mean, personally, I'm living for more than 20 years with not having food in the afternoon. And... I guarantee you nobody is going to starve. If you have a very special like physical predicament where you need to have something in the afternoon, but not because you like it, but because you need it, then speak to the retreat center managers and work it out with them. Yeah. So that precept is an encouragement to to practice refrain, to practice restraint from how we are following our sense desires in regards to food. Then the, the seventh is about refraining from entertainment and beautification and adornment. I think the, enter, the only entertainment we will enjoy here is maybe a chancuchito <laughs> getting us going <laughs> um, but there, there will be no other encouragement in regards to distracting ourselves from what we are here for so what we are talking here with this precept, what we are talking about is really modesty, knowing what feels right, knowing what's appropriate, knowing what is creating or what is helping us also to create an inner alignment with our experience, with being here, with practicing in the way that we do when we come together here. Um, Then the eighth precept is about, um, I mean, it says not uh, lying on high or luxurious sleeping place, but it's actually bringing awareness to, to the pleasure of indulging in Sleep, and also again here, what comes into that is like leisure and um, sense. How do you say? Like the the senses looking for yeah, the senses looking for pleasure. So we are actually wanting to develop a sense of wakefulness. Yeah, like. While we are here on the retreat, we don't want to spend more time than really necessary in in sleeping and resting, but we want to really use our time here to develop wakefulness, to to de- to develop a mind that is present, that is there here now, yeah? putting energy in being awake energy into being fully present. So that's my 
encouragement for taking the precepts. And I see that we have only the sheet of the precepts themselves. So usually in the monastery we do it differently or in other situations, but we can also just stay with this. So for those of you who want to take the precepts, I would really recommend maybe start with, for, for, for those of you who feel right doing that, uh, pay respect to the shrine, like bow three times, and, um, and then we go through the precepts one by one. So if one of you can just start and the others just follow. I undertake the precept to refrain from destroying living creatures. Adina dana ve anisika padang samadhyami. I undertake the precept to refrain from taking that which is not given. And um, can we just hold in? Usually, how we do it, from what I know, is that I'm chanting the first line. Then you come in, repeat it. Then I'm chanting the next line, and you come in and repeat it. Is that okay for everybody? Good. Abramacharya veramani sikapadang samadhyami. Undertake the precept to refrain from any kind of intentional sexu- sexual behavior. Take the precept to refrain from incorrect speech. Sura Miraya Macha Pamadatana Veramani Sikapadang Samadhyami. Take the precept to refrain from intoxicating drink and drugs which lead to carelessness. Take the precept to refrain from eating at wrong times. The next one is quite long, so I do it in bits. So just when I stop chanting, just come in and repeat what I have been chanting. 
So the chanting plays quite an important part in what we're doing. It's very much a matter of resonating with the heart because that's the point of chanting. You do the same thing over and over again. It's not information so much as tuning into a particular resonance that you can feel in your heart and even begin to feel in your body and it creates an atmosphere um, that is uh, suitable, suitable for one's spiritual life. So this evening, I'd just like to finish the evening with the chanting on page 11. <coughs> and page 12. <coughs> <coughs> And with chanting, what you, the way, if you're not familiar with this again, just really cultivate that long breath. So breathing, chant using the belly. Relax your chest, relax your shoulders, open your throat. Don't worry about having a good voice or a bad voice because your voice will, will be merged with everyone else. So just mumble quietly until you feel confident. <laughs> Let us make the four boundless qualities shine forth. I will abide, pervading one quarter 
Likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself, I will abide, pervading the all-encompassing world, with a heart imbued with loving-kindness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill-will. I will abide, pervading one quarter, with a heart imbued with compassion, likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself. I will abide, pervade the all-encompassing world with a heart imbued with compassion, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. I will abide, pervading one quarter, with a heart imbued with gladness, likewise a second, likewise a third, likewise a fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, all as to myself, I will abide, pervading the all-encompassing world, with a heart imbued with gladness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. I will abide, pervading one quarter, with a heart imbued with equanimity, likewise a second, likewise a third, Likewise the fourth, so above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself, I will abide, pervading the all-encompassing world, with a heart imbued with equanimity, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill.